Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freeman Means Business Wonder Woman in Business podcast. On this podcast, everyone has a story, and our Wonder Woman in Business podcast gives a voice to the woman who has a story that is meaningful, moving, and compelling. We share their stories, or rather, they share their stories with the world so that in their shining, they give permission to others to shine. Today, we are joined by Susan Frankel. She is an attorney with over 25 years of experience in law and management. Along the way, Susan has had many twists and turns and pivots. She has reinvented herself uh, in many different ways and we'll get to hear all about them. We love the fact that Susan is passionate about supporting and guiding other women, especially professionally and personally. So we're going to get started with this conversation. Susan is a mother to two amazing young women, and she and her husband live in New York right now. And she also is a mother to a beloved pit bull rescue and French bulldogs. I can just, I mean, this whole house, there's a lot going <laughs> on right now, Susan. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Natalie. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we love to start our uh, time of sharing together with really understanding you as you start to paint the picture, because we've talked about change, pivots, yes. reinvention, Mm -hmm. We know you've worn many hats and you have found yourself in situations where you've made some different decisions. But yes. before we get there, can we start yeah. at the beginning? Can you tell us about Susan growing up and the things that influenced you as a young Susan growing up? Sure, sure. So, um, so I grew up on Long Island, New York. I have um, two older brothers and um, the most incredible parents in the world. Um, and I owe everything that I am today to my loving and supportive family. Um, my uh, parents uh, were um, about as loving and attentive and supportive as uh, any parents could be. They allowed my brothers and me to shine and to fall when we needed to. And um, I was just with that support that I just always knew that whatever direction I went in, that um, I would always have, uh, they would always have my back. And, uh, you know, my goal was always to please them and make them proud. And I, um, hope that I can say today that I have done that and they're going to be listening to this and I hopefully that they'll agree. Um, my brothers as well were tremendous forces in my life. Um, so as the youngest of three and the only girl, you can imagine what that was like growing up. Um, but they are um, my rocks and have always been and will continue to be. And so we grew up together in this um, incredible home of, you know, um, pushing each other on. And that's not to say there wasn't, you know, 
competition. And I like to say that I was, you know, the smartest of the three of us. They might try to disagree, but I like to stick that to them whenever I can. And um, but so that was the environment that I grew up in. My mom was a teacher, my dad, an engineer. Um, so certainly um, they valued pushing on with education and success. Um, my brothers are both professionals. My um, one is uh, an attorney, another is in finance. And so um, success and um, pursuing further education was always, um, always the goal. Well, and I so love that. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, um, it, it definitely helped make me what I am for sure. That was, that was always the path that I was on was to strive to be the best and, and the most successful, but, you know, always um, to stay true to myself, to find what I enjoy doing. And from an early age, um, I knew or I thought that I knew that I wanted to be a lawyer. I felt that when I was in my mid teenage years, um, I'm not sure where exactly that came from. My parents always said it's because I loved the good fight. Um, arguing was always my forte. But um, I don't know. I always enjoyed it. And that was the path that I set myself on from, from early on. Uh, one of my brothers had also pursued law. And um, my dad had also used to do some work doing um, forensic investigations for attorneys. And so I had some exposure there. Um, but um, that was what I wanted to do. And I thought it was litigation was what my calling would be. And so that was the path that I was on. And I studied hard. I was a good student. I was um, I, I was a good kid. I wasn't in trouble. I was, you know, um, I, I just uh, had a great group of friends. I, you know, I had a I had a nice upbringing, and uh, I just f always felt like um, I had to just stay on the path that I thought was my. I'm going to say destiny. I don't know if that's really right. That the, it, the path that I thought um, was already predetermined for me and, and but predetermined in my own head at, at a young age. And so, uh, you know, I, I did well in high school and went on to college, went to um, SUNY Binghamton, uh, now called Binghamton University, I guess. Um, I did well there and um met um, some of my best friends who have remained my best friends to this day and continue to be my support system. I'll throw that out to, uh, to those ladies. And, um, and then from, from there, I knew, I knew I was going on to law school. It was, there was never any, any doubt for me. And so um, I, I started uh, down that road. I, I, wanted to go to you know, the best law school I can get into. I, um, by the skin of my teeth, I was able to get into University of Pennsylvania <laughs> Law School, which to me was just an absolute dream come true. I never, ever thought um, that's something that I could attain. And, um, and I, was, I was thrilled about it. Uh, it was an eye-opening experience for me. Um, first time that I was um, facing this reality of um, you know, I, this is, I, I don't want to say this in a way that, that, that it, it sounds odd to say it. I, I've, oh, I was always told by 
you know, uh, teachers and my family that, and, you know, I was this high performer and I did well throughout high school and I did well throughout college. And now I come to this place where I'm pretty certain everyone in the room was smarter than me. There is no question about it. And, you know, you start to get the, uh, that was probably the beginning of, you know, the roots of the imposter syndrome, right? Like how did, how did I get here? I don't belong here. Like, yes, I worked hard. I was a good student all my life, but I am not these folks that are that are around me and so you know I think that kind of started on my um period of of self-reflection that went on for many many years of okay what where am I what am I doing and where what what's my place right yep yep like all of a sudden the bottom drops out and yeah you're like okay this is not what I planned for, right? And this is not what yes. I'm supposed to be experiencing That's at this right. time. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. So you've exactly. been consistent, you've been focused, you've been decisive and you've moved in right. that direction. And then right. one day you're like, well, right. this is getting a little choppy. Right, hmm. right, exactly. And and for someone that had always been, you know, if I, if I, script out my course, then that's the course I take and then that's what happened. And 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 I'm blessed that my younger years were were just that. that. That, you know, if I worked hard for something and I set my sights on something, I could achieve it and and everything was great. And so now I'm coming upon this phase in my life where, okay, this is this is going to be a challenge. This is extremely difficult work. Um, I'm no longer feeling like the shining star in the room. Um, I'll never forget. I had a professor in law school, my first year of law school, um, professor 11, Aileo 11. And I, I went to him and I remember I, I just tears in my eyes and he was such a wonderful man. And he was always had his, you know, open door policy and he knew the difficulty in transitioning for first year law students. And I went to him and I basically said to him what I just confessed to you that I felt that, what am I doing here? I'm, I'm not, you know, these people are so much smarter than me and I'm never gonna get the grades that they got. And um, I, like, I'm studying, I'm studying, I'm working so hard. And and he just told me, he said, what makes you think that more than half of the people here are not feeling exactly the way that you are? So I guarantee it. In fact, I know it because I hear it all the time. He said, all you kids, you come in, you're, you know, tops of your classes from where you come, you know, high school and college. And all of a sudden you're among, you know, the best of the best. And it was, it was, you know, a hard reality, but he, you know, I bless his heart. He set me in a better motion. And, um, yeah. you know, I, I did well in school. I was not the top of my class. <laughs> and I know I there was Listen, no at that like, point, we're just trying to get through the course. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Anyone who's been yeah. through law school, it's just, okay, now I just want to survive. Just, yeah. you know, exactly. get, me, get me out of this. And so I, you know, I, I graduate, it's great. And I get a job with um, um, a mid to large size law firm in New York City. And it's, um, you know, as a litigator and I'm thinking, okay, this is great. This is, this is what I wanted. And I sit down and I'm working there for the first week and I, the sudden I freeze and I realized, oh my gosh, I've made a horrible mistake. 
this is, I just felt that I can't do this wow. the rest of my life. Wow. Literally after a week, wow. there was nothing that I had, and I had done my summer associate there. I had done it. So, right. That's not really practicing law. I mean, it, you get a taste of it, but when I realized what my life is, the billable hours and the type of work, and particularly as a young associate, you know, it's a lot of the, you know, the grunt work and it was, and I was not finding it rewarding and time was going on. I never forget. I called, I called my brother. It's also attorney. And I said those words, I've made a terrible mistake. What do I do? I have all of these law school loans. I've done this whole, everything that I thought I wanted to do. And here uh, we are. Here and here we are. are. What do I do? So, would you say that this was the biggest challenge for you? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Not okay. yet. Okay. Challenge came later. So it, it certainly started, it started the cycle of challenges. So I, um, I, you know, with my brother's support and, you know, I said, I need to give this time. I had this, I guess, a fantasy in my head of what I thought being a long, young lawyer in New York and a litigator would be. And so yeah. I said, right, you know, I'm going to put aside the, the doubts and I'm just going to throw myself into it and, and do what I need to do. And so I trucked along and trucked along and I had some good experiences and I practiced there for a few years, um, had some very good experiences, um, also had a couple of negative experiences. Uh, sadly, that also in, involves um, female attorneys, senior attorneys that were not supportive of younger women at that time which was it was the culture uh at that time i think so that was the mid 90s and i think there was definitely not all of them but there were certainly a number of women that had been in law for you know 20 years or so at that point and felt that what they had to struggle with to get where they are they were not going to make it any easier for women my age that were just starting out Mm -hmm. Um, and they let that be known. And that was, that was really disheartening. I wasn't expecting that. Um, I've never been around. That was, uh, that's something you hear a lot about. You have to pay your dues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And those were exactly the words that were spoken to me that I did it. Your, I suffered. You have to suffer. You have to pay these dues. And that really just did not sit well with me. And, and, you know, I didn't want to say that that was obviously not practicing law in general that could have just been you know the folks that I was exposed to at this particular firm could have been that it was a large law firm life but I realized after a few years that that was not the right fit for me Mm -hmm. and so then I decided all right I was I had a a friend a colleague who had gone over to a small law firm that had just been formed it was a um, a spinoff from not spinoff it was formed by a, a partner from a large successful law firm in Manhattan. He had a very successful book of business and was trying to grow this. And so I said, you know what, this is great. I'll get better experience. I'll get work on better cases. I'll get smaller. Smaller. It'll just be right. Um, So I was the fourth attorney there. And so, and I, and I did, I got great experience. Um, I was um, given everything to do soup to nuts in litigation and I thought, okay, if this is what being a litigator is, all right, maybe I can get my, you know, groove into this. And, you know, did that for a couple of years. The firm was getting a little bit bigger. We grew to a couple of years. Now I'm realizing I'm still very, very unhappy. This is just not my calling. So I've done large firm. I've done small firm. 
Mm. Now what do I do? So I started, so I started, I um, started taking seminars, um, what you can do with a law degree. There were books, 101 things you can do with a law degree. What I, I had all of these horrible feelings of what did I wasted my time? I wasted my parents' time and money of, you know, investing in me to do this. What, uh, this is what I was supposed to do. How is it possible that I'm now five years in and I'm unhappy and I don't want to do this? And so I really, really struggled with, okay, now I'm 30 years old. Where do I go from here? And so fortunately for me at that time, the, fir- the firm that I was with, um, we were now about a dozen lawyers and the sole owner of the firm was looking to expand the firm and was actively looking for someone to take over marketing and management of the firm. And um, he had uh, somebody waiting in the wings for that. And that person fell through. And huh. one day I said, I hmm. could do that. Maybe yeah, I, I could do that. that. Mm-hmm. And so he said, I, I bet you probably can. And I said, if I don't, do that, I'm going to have to leave the firm because I'm not going to continue practicing law. So he agreed to allow me to stay. And I literally stayed in my same office on Park Avenue. And I didn't even have to, I didn't have to move or pick up a single box, but I completely shifted gears to, um, I went, and that was my introduction into management and marketing. And so our, this law firm now grew and grew. We went up to 50 lawyers, hundred lawyers. And over the next 10 years, we became, um, we, it became um, about 150 lawyers, five offices around the country. Um, it, it had, an, by all assessment, was a very successful law firm. So, and, so let, me, let me stop you there for a minute. So sure. you, you made a big pivot there. Yeah, um, big. To, you, to your credit, you really tried to do some research around what can I do with what I know. Right. And so yep. you were looking at seminars and other things, but now yes. you actually go into a very different area. Right. What what were the tools that you used or what yeah. made you think that you could make this transition because sometimes mm-hmm. women can't figure out like yeah. where do I where do I go? Right. You, and you literally said it. Where do I go? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It you took a risk. I absolutely did. And and for me, it was, uh, and it's a great question um, because I really didn't know. I felt like if, if, it, if that opportunity had not fallen into my lap, I'm not sure I would have known to have sought it out. But mm. what I realized is I, I didn't, I knew that I no longer wanted to practice law, but I really enjoyed the business of law. And I lo- enjoyed being around lawyers and cultivating that and, and, and trying to make something successful. Um, and I think that was part of why I didn't like being a litigator is that it was very antagonistic and it was the fighting and very negative as opposed to building up something and, and making people's lives easier, making the attorney's lives easier, growing a firm, growing something successful. And I realized that for me, that was really doing something more constructive was really more in my constitution not and not so much as being a litigator. Um, it was also easier for me because I knew the cast of characters that I was working with already, right? right. I've been at the firm for a couple of years. Um, they were great people. And um, I had done a little bit of help. I was helping um, the owner of the firm with marketing at the time. And I really enjoyed that. Um, I enjoy writing and I enjoyed the creativity of it. And so it all started to, wait, wait, I could do that. 
huh, I, I could do that. Um, you know, I work well with other people. I just, I felt like, you know, this could just be something. It just, it just clicked. Um, I think it was really, uh, it was one day just realizing I cannot practice law anymore, not right. doing this. And I didn't know what else I wanted to, because it's very difficult to pivot from being a litigator to any other area of law when you don't have that training. I was, it was, you know, very, you know, commercial litigation doesn't just translate into doing some other aspect, you know, area of law. And so that was that that was very difficult. So I knew if I wasn't going to do that, I had to leave law and find something else. So this seemed like a perfect combination. Build something constructive, be around the business of law, continue to work with people that I respected um, and enjoyed working with. And and so I did it. And it was um, I did that for 10 years and I loved it. I wow. just I absolutely loved it. Um you found something that motivated you in an area right. where you were yes. conflicted. That's right. That's right. Um, it was it was really just um, something I, I never thought that it was a path that I would have taken earlier on. And remember, I was always the planner. never saw that coming. And so um, it worked out well. And but the uh, unfortunate part is that the firm collapsed in um, the end of 2008 when the sole owner of the firm, his name was uh, Mark Dreyer. He's uh, all public information. You could Google it. The firm was Dreyer LLP. Um, and the, uh, the firm uh, went under overnight. He was uh, ultimately convicted of uh, a Ponzi scheme of, um, it's the same week as Bernie Madoff. And um Quite literally, the the firm went under under overnight, and it was devastating to the hundreds of employees that we had. Obviously, to me personally, you know, you think you know the people that you work with. This man that I thought I admired and worked with, and gave me all these opportunities and everything. Talk about the floor coming out from under wow. you. That my goodness, what I'm. What do I do now? You remember the end of two thousand eight was not a very good time in the economy, right? So um, everybody's scrambling. Everything's where, crashing. Yes. Everything's crashing. There's no yeah. one hiring. Where Where am I going to go from here? The stress of it was so awful. It gave me shingles. I didn't even know at the age of 38, 39 that I could get shingles. And I did. It was, it was a nightmare. Um, but I was asked to stay on with the firm. With the, the firm was thrown into bankruptcy and it had to be dismantled brick by brick. And I stayed on for another six months and everything that I had helped build in the last 10 years, I had to take down. And it was just a sad, toxic, awful, awful time. And now I'm back again to, what do I do now? No one was hiring. No one was hiring. But you know, in all of this, so there's a lot of chaos going on around you. Yeah, yes. Um, there's no future view of what's going to happen next. Right. And you're, you're actually asked to, Hey, Susan, why don't you sit here and help <laughs> us sort of dismantle this brick yeah. by brick? Well, how did you kind of manage that process? <laughs> sometimes we are, there's that conflict, but you also have to bring your authentic self into this situation and sort of mm -hmm. be like, okay, I, I can't lose myself. I've got to, yeah. you know, yeah. work through this. What, yeah. what are some of the things that you, you tapped into? Oh, uh, wow. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I, you know, it, I was in survival mode, quite honestly. I, I mean, yeah. you just, that's, that's kind of how it felt. I, 
there were a lot of people that were looking to me for information and support. We had employees that had lost their health insurance overnight that, you know, their the firm's assets were frozen. No one was getting paid that, you know, um, our vet firms, vendors were calling these small, some small companies, you know, photographers, various people that did, you know, public relations people, when am I getting paid? I'm sorry, you're, you're not getting paid. The firm's accounts are frozen. No. So that was kind of like, I was dealing with that day to day to day. And all How I did you I, take care of yourself. I, what, I, you know, I, I lost 20 pounds in a very short time. I, I mean, it was really, really awful. I, I, I can't, I can't say that I, I, it was survival mode and all, I just kept telling myself somehow, I don't know how I'll come out of this somehow. I don't know what the end is going to look like, but you know, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. I'm thrown into this. I, I had no say in how all of this was happening. This is where we were. Um, I think you just fortify yourself of, I just, I have to get through today and I'm just, I have to have faith that somehow, um, something's going to work out. I don't know what that is. And remember my planning self, this yeah. was, okay. this was not in the plan. It was <laughs> not in the plans. Not at all. There was, I had no control over this situation. Um, so that was, it was a very, very difficult time. And so when that phase ended you know the I was done working with the bankruptcy uh trustee and I was yeah let go and that was it um I spent the next I'd say 18 months or so in a really really sad state um of trying to find myself I was interviewing for other management jobs for other things no one was hiring the economy was just had tanked and there was there was nothing and I truly didn't know what to do my daughter at the time um my youngest was a few years old. So I, you know, my, my husband's a physician. And so we said, okay, I'm home. I could be home with her and I could, you know, uh, help him with his practice. And I, you know, I was just sort of floundering, trying to figure things out, but I'm not going to lie. It was a really, really difficult time. I, I don't think I realized it until probably a couple of years later that I was depressed. Um, I had lost my sense of self that if I wasn't overachieving at something, not just achieving. I always been that overachiever. If I wasn't doing that, what, what am I, you know? And, and I tried to recast myself as, okay, I'm, I'm going to be a mother and I'm a wife and I'm going to support my family and I'm shifting my focus. And gosh, that's really, really hard to do. Um, after, uh, you know, the, the path that I thought my life was going to take. So I know we've gone through like two major changes. Yes. For you. Yeah. Um, and you've, you've seemed to steer it well with great clarity that this is not good. Yeah. I have to keep going. Yeah. Was there any sort of, of support that you got that you can reflect on that mm. was helpful in the middle of your twists and turns yeah. was there was there a routine was there an activity mm. was there a person yeah so um uh my husband was amazing um support um wanted me to find knew I desperately needed to find some intellectual purpose for lack of a better word that to work to contribute to that and 
that, you know, he was growing his practice at the time. He said, come help me, come work with me, use your skills. I could, you know, I could use you here. And, and I, I so appreciated that. And, and he was really always, you know, pushing me to maybe think out of the box, think of some other things that you might want to do. This could be a gift. This might be, you know, on a good opportunity, where else can we go? Or, or maybe I just stay with his working with his practice. And as he's, you know, growing and looking, maybe bring on more doctors and expanding and all of these things. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know anything about, you know, you know, health related law or matters or health practice. That wasn't my space. And, and, and I also, um, I had this, I just have this feeling that I needed something that was my own and mm-hmm. not that I didn't want to share in his success and build his success, right. but it was important for me to continue looking for that. But, but I so appreciated his constant support of, you know, pushing me, prodding me, don't give up. We're going to figure something out. It'll take time, but let's look on the bright side. I can be a mom. I can focus on being at home. And right. and I looked, I did a lot of cooking. I got into very, clean eating and healthy eating. And I looked at that. I exercised a lot. I got into shape. I got, you know, um, I was able to um, focus on other important things in, in um, for our family at that time. And, and I guess, right. That's what you turn to. You turn to you know, the, the support system yeah. that, you know, that you have. Um, but it, it, uh, it, it's not easy. Um, you have to expect that you're going to go through um, a dark time to figure that out. But um, what I'm starting to see is now that I've gone through a couple of these things of these moments of, okay, we've got to pivot. This is not where I thought I'd be. Um, that having faith, something, something's going to come around something the bend. I don't know what that is, mm-hmm. but, um, but it will. And um Fortunately for me, I did, I did wind up throwing myself into my husband's practice and um, I got into the weeds of learning about medical practices and healthcare system and laws and regulations and all of these things. And I realized I actually like this and I was wearing many different mm-hmm. hats. I was back it. So I was doing management and I was doing marketing for him, but my legal hat was back on and I'm thinking to myself, wait, wait what I'm actually intrigued by this again. And um, maybe because you're helping people. I like again, something constructive. Yes. um, And with my husband's support, um, I wound up going back to law school at 46 years old to get my master's in health law. And I decided I'm going to do something in a whole new space. I'm not going to throw away that law degree that I had earned all those years ago. And, um, you know, it was, I did it over two years. I did it part-time um, through um, Loyola Chicago. They were doing it. Re- I was able to do it remotely. I was able to care for my daughter, continued working for him, for my husband's practice and learning. And um, I, <laughs> I crazily had to take the New Jersey bar exam at, the age of 48 because uh, I had gone into retired status for so long. I was previously New York licensed, uh, did not mm-hmm. have a New Jersey license. That's where the opportunities were that I was looking at. I was living in New Jersey at the time. And so um, there Boy, I am. You had to in, do this again. <laughs> had to, so um, if you talk about, I hear women say, oh, is how do I you know, reinvent myself? How do I, I can't go back to school in my forties. I can't, 
I can't, I, I can't tell people enough that there is no age where you can't put on that hat and just, and just do it. And, um, I, people thought I was crazy. My, a lot of my family and friends thought I was crazy that what are you doing? You're going back to school. You're going to take a bar exam. You're going to start everything new. And I, um, it, I would say that part of my life, going back to school and doing, taking bar and passing on my first try out after 20 years or whatever it's been, um, one of my greatest accomplishments, my life, that I was able to reassess, find what it is that I like doing, find a little spark of something that I wanted to do with my life. And, um, and I threw myself into it wholeheartedly and, and it can totally be done. So that's what I did. I, I got my New Jersey uh, license. I went to work for a fabulous law firm uh, in New Jersey and worked there for almost five years. Had some terrific mentors that trained me. I did do some healthcare litigation, which mm -hmm. I was trying to warm myself back into, but I was also doing transactional work. Um, realized, okay, yes, yeah, still don't really love the litigation part. I tried it, tried it in a different space, not it, but kept my mind open. Um, I'm blessed that the firm uh, gave me opportunities to build up a whole new transactional career in law. And um, that turned into a year ago, an opportunity presented itself at Westchester Medical Center to become in-house counsel here. And here I, I sit today that, um, this magnificent opportunity, um, all of these things that I, I, if you had asked me 15 years ago, I would have told you, I would have sworn I'd never be a lawyer again. <laughs> I, I certainly never thought I'd be in health law, an area that I had absolutely no knowledge in. Um, and so there's my, my multiple pivots. And I just encourage women whenever I can that it when I hear folks complaining or, or just just dissatisfied to not be complacent and not just accept that, well, this is what I had planned for and this is where I am and I'm stuck. And my answer to that is you're never stuck. You're never stuck. So Susan, what 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 excites you right now? What are you excited about? So um, I am excited about I, I, I'm, I'm now 53 years old, proud to say that. And I am in a stage of my life where um, I am all about propping up other women, um, mm -hmm. particularly those in, in midlife in their 40s and their 50s that are either struggling professionally with trying to find the, you know, what they want to be when they grow up because we haven't grown up yet, which is still that lifelong process. Um, and also supporting women in the physical and mental challenges that come along with becoming a 50-year-old woman. Um, and by that, I'm obviously referring to menopause. And that is something um, that I have started writing a bit about and speaking a bit about. I'm excited to start spreading some word of encouragement for women that have been uh, experiencing difficulty in in that area and so um, I am excited to um, 
I, you know, I, I love the message of um, from of Susan Freeman and, and empowerment, right? Of making women feel empowered, and that comes not that comes from personal and professional, right? Um, yes, and that comes from embracing who we are as our bodies are changing physically, as we're changing mentally, how how everything has evolved. We're not who we were 25, 30 years ago. And I want to continue to work with other women who have supported, many have supported me over the last several years um, to embrace these changes, embrace the curveballs that life constantly throws at us um, to stop planning, stop, stop planning. And just, yes, you can plan, but stop, digging in so hard that when things have to change that you're not capable of doing that. Be Uh, flexible. Yeah. Be flexible. Yes. Be open to change. So what's something that you've never done, but you'd like to try? And I'm almost afraid to ask you that because it's, you know, it seems like you don't have that fear necessarily, but Maybe there's something else um, that you haven't done yet that is in the back of your mind. And you're like, you know, um, one day, one one day. Well, um, so, well, two things, I I guess, completely unrelated to law. One thing that I would love to do someday is to have a sanctuary for abandoned pit bulls. And I know that sounds crazy, then completely out of uh, out of whack with everything that I've talked about. Um, I am uh, my husband as well. I am and my family, my girls, we are uh, lovers of the breed. Um, they are misunderstood. They are spectacular dogs. We've had um, three over the last 20 years. And um, I have just I have a passion for all dogs. And I, you know, I, maybe in another chapter of my life, I would have some kind of sanctuary to um, rescue these babies that that need loving, you know, loving space and completely other direction of anything that I that I've done before. And, you know, I don't know, I, as far as anything else career wise right now, I'm, I'm in so enjoying what I'm doing right now. I'm blessed for the opportunity I have right now. Um, so I, I am enjoying that. Uh, I would I would say um, on a personal level, um, I'd love to go skydiving. My daughter's probably jumping for joy right now because that's she Bit just turned risk. 18. And that's her dream to do that. And so I confess that one of my own. So, you know, a, a lot of a lot more risk taking, I think. And, and I think a lot of that comes from uh, just uh, stop planning and just enjoy live in the moment being present, um, truly being present and um, just taking what's around you and and be flexible and, and just keep trying stuff out, trying new things out. Um, and don't don't be don't be afraid of the change. I, I love how when you talked about the the dog sanctuary, you said, you know, they're just misunderstood if we could all just understand each other, I know that yeah. they're, they're yeah. animals, but mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's nature. It is, um, you know, and if we could just try to understand each other, 
And when you said that, I I also reflected on your first experiences as a lawyer where, you know, your senior lady said, you mm-hmm. got to figure it out, girl. This is, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but if, you know, if, if we have this sort of um, reflection on what would the world look like if women were in charge? <laughs> what would you say um, would be different if we had more women leaders? And what does it take for a woman to recognize that she's a leader? Oh, wow. That's, that's, that's a spectacular question. I think that uh, for so many women, um, we are always in that place of apologizing for the things around us, for the things we say, for the things we do, right? Um, And I think that for women to step into the role of true leaders around the world that we can, we have to stop taking that position of apologizing for everything around us and just embracing our, the authentic selves, right? We keep coming back to that cliche. And if, if everybody in the room could stop with the posturing and um, you know the trying to take a, to to send this message of power and control and not allowing other voices to be heard. I think that if we can get women at the table that can shut down all of that noise. And I think it takes time for so many of us to get to that point of our life that um, you can build up conversation, right? Build people up, stop tearing it down. Um, that's what my career started. I'm at now this point, you know, 30 years later of being able to recognize and um, what other people have to offer to truly listen um, to stop apologizing for my own input, right? Mm. Where we always say, oh, I'm sorry, can I just say, no, 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 don't don't speak that, just say it. Just, just say it. it, just own it, embrace it, be authentic about it, and listen, really listen to what other people are saying to you because that's that's where, right, we look around the world. Why, why can't things get better? Nobody listens. Everybody's talking, talking, they're talking points, and there's no listening going on. I'm not saying, I'm not being this idealist that, oh, if you put a bunch of women around the table, that all that's going to change. Because we know how women can be when we all get around the table. <laughs> Especially throw a little wine in that, right? We know. But um, but I do, I think that there is um, a different outlook on life that, that women, as we get, especially towards the middle of our lives, um, we have a clarity of being able to see things, see people, see issues in a way that um, we couldn't do in our younger years. And, um, uh, you know, I don't want to say that it's not something that men are not capable of doing. Certainly they are. Um, but I, I think that there is a wisdom that comes to 
the aging female that the world has not fully appreciated. <laughs> Absolutely. We, we get so much better over time. And, you know, I love how you talked about embracing the biological changes that we're going through, um, not to let that hold you back, but to just recognize that we're in another phase. We're going forward in a different way. And maybe we have to adopt the same way we did right. when we were younger, but it's a different, it's a different space. It is, it is completely. And we need to get that dialogue going that we've made it such a taboo topic um, and it's laughed at and, you know, we, there's it's always, there's jokes about it and, and nobody ever wants to just really come out and say that this is what I'm experiencing. And it's very, very real. And my mental state is changing and my body is changing and all of these things are going on at the same time and we think we're crazy. And nobody is there. You feel like there's nobody there to listen because we're not supposed to be talking about it. Doctors aren't talking to about it, to teaching us this. We don't learn it in school. It, there's nothing. It's just been for yourself. It's a rite of passage. Just go deal with it quietly, privately, shut your mouth and, and deal. Um, and that cannot be any longer. It just cannot be. Uh, and I learned that um, the hard way. And um, that is... Um, topic for another day that we can spend hours <laughs> talking about, but I'm excited to um, be spreading that message and, and encouraging women to own that and, and seek out the help and support they need in that space. All right. I have one final question for you. With okay. all of everything we've talked about, every direction that we've gone in, mm -hmm. if you had um, a memoir, what mm -hmm. title would you give that memoir it's got to be called pivot mm. i don't know what else right just pivot and make it pivot yes yes i like that <laughs> excellent it's, yeah it's got to be about that just lear learning to pivot you've got to be able to do it and and it's something i try to teach my my girls that when something knocks you down when things are not going the way you hope they would, that you planned the best ability that the greatest thing that you can learn in life is to be able to pivot, get up, dust it off and find another direction because um, you're going to be fine and yeah. you never know. And maybe, you know, I, I, and I, I just said this to a friend the other day, the, the road to happiness is not linear and, you know, it's going to take its dips and its turns and you may go backwards and then forwards and curves and um, but it's always still that forward projectile. It's just going to be a little zigzaggy. So just have faith that um, in your ability to pivot and 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 find something that makes you genuinely happy, um, and and that will change throughout life. But but just keep in that pursuit. I love that. I love your perspective. I love your focus and your authenticity. Um, thank you for having the conversation today. Oh, you thank know, you. Natalie. We look at each other and we're like, wow, she's got it all going on. It's just <laughs> a perfect life. And mm. here we are having really walked through your story. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm sure someone, uh, maybe many people walk mm. away after hearing this conversation uh, today going like, wow, 
um, I guess I could make it. So if, if our listeners want to reach out to you, connect with you, how can they do that? Sure. They can find me. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn uh, under uh, Susan Lustbader Frankel. Uh, at, uh, I am Associate General Counsel at Westchester Medical Center. So you can search for me that way. Um, please um, connect. I love, love, love networking with new people and, and hearing everybody's stories. So I'm happy to give any, any guidance or support in any way I can. And we'll just keep looking out for your memoir, Pivot. <laughs> Pivot. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you for so much. being here. It was great to speak with you and to hear your story. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity.